Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Welcome to Vasebe Cast number 161 with Flash. Flash, how are we doing this fine evening? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me here. Excited yeah. to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's uh, th- you've you've been a requested guest for. I mean, it's got to be at least a year at this point, and I just always feel bad for all the <laughs> all the guests that are on the back burner because there still are so many people I want to get through, and I just I don't have a schedule or I just do this stuff. I just talk to RuneScape players about what what's going on in RuneScape. So, uh, but I'm I'm really happy to have you on, and we get a. Uh, talk some scape so let i guess just to start off let's get a brief introduction of who you are maybe your content creation background and maybe just runescape background in general uh yeah so i actually started out streaming like years ago just with a little bit of like league of legends just because i was a really high ranked player back in the day like i was challenger rank which was like the very highest rank you could reach in that game and I think just like after I reached that rank, I got like really burnt out. So I ended up trying to move to a different game. That's when I found old school RuneScape in like 2018, which was like a big nostalgia hit for me because I actually played a little bit back in 2009, 2012. And honestly, I was just hooked right away. Like I got fully into the game, never really went back into League. And yeah, I just kind of got into like endgame PVM around like 2019, 2020. And that's kind of what I started with streaming as well, which was like Duo Tub. Okay. And what, so was that just like your plan from the get go, like starting into RuneScape? Like, oh, okay, like this game has actually progressed and there actually is such a thing as PVM? Or did that just kind of naturally happen? It seems like you are a competitive gamer. So that kind of just naturally came to me. Like, I like to push my limits and challenge myself in like whatever game I play. I don't really play like too many like different games but with like runescape and league that's kind of how it was okay and let's get a little bit of more of a backstory with the league because i've played that game literally one time in my life and i didn't (laughs) know what i was doing at all but i know like i've heard that that game can be extremely addicting and it's like rage inducing and it's just i think the i think the reason it's rage inducing at least what i've heard from people is because it's literally all skill and so if you don't perform, it's just you're just pissed off, basically, because something could have gone right that just didn't. Uh, right, so, yeah. yeah. So like a big thing about that game is just, um, so it's like super competitive, one of the most competitive games out there, like comparable to like FPS and all. And 
I think that's kind of like a big reason why it's like such a stressful and like hateful game sometimes. It's just like you get punished for pretty much every mistake you make. And because of that, like other players get worked up because of that. It affects how they play as well. And overall, it's just like, I wouldn't really say like a toxic environment, but it is very stressful most times. Yeah, I probably would just see it as like, uh, I had a few years, like a few years ago, I kind of got into chess. I think when everybody started like kind of getting into chess, uh, it seemed like there was like an influx of players. I downloaded it and oh my God, the amount of times I would just get tense and pissed off and just rage induced from a, a simple game of chess that literally means nothing. But just because of the sheer competition, you go in head to head with somebody. It's just painful sometimes to lose, especially when you're winning. So I can see that. So have you like, do you play league at all now or are you just completely burnt? I think I'm just like completely burnt. I do kind of like drop by the game every now and then. Like I'll play some like ARAMs with like other like RuneScape content creator friends. Like people will probably know like New Type, a cold one, mm-hmm. Ignoble Solid, those guys. Love okay. those guys. Okay, so you still like just here and there whenever it's just then it's just for fun, I'm assuming. Yeah, just like more casual gameplay rather than like competitive ranked. Do you miss the addiction to it? I do not. <laughs> I spent way too much time playing that game and I just like it, it really started to like affect like my like IRL situation a little bit just because I was just like playing it so much. It kind of like cut into like time for other things I wanted to do. I see, I see. Yeah, that you, that happens with addicted games. Uh, has that not happened with RuneScape? I mean, RuneScape can be one of those games as well that starts affecting people's IRL. Um, I did have some like ad- addictive stages to RuneScape, but like I think nowadays, like I have a very like perfect like balance with IRL and RuneScape. It's just so nice to be able to like go to work, come home, play RuneScape, and honestly, just kind of like have time for other things as well, and just do whatever I want whenever I want nice that's that's the dream right there so let's talk a little bit about your content creation journey as well did you ever stream league of legends or was your whole streaming thing all runescape i started out streaming league of legends a little bit but that game kind of has like a lot more like content creators i guess and i mean i didn't really get like too many viewers while i was streaming it but honestly like that's fine like when i was playing i was just kind of like focused on the game i couldn't really like read chat too well doing it but i think with like runescape that's what i like a little bit more about that is like even though i'm still like pretty engaged with what i'm doing i can still kind of like focus in on like what's happening on the side with like my community my chat yeah yeah that's a lot better that's i mean that's the that's what's so cool about RuneScape is you really it really is just like a glorified just chatting, as some people have said before. It's <laughs> yeah, with a mix in of I mean, in your case, high level PVM, which is just really cool. But it's it's RuneScape at the end of the day, so it's not like you're having to super focus, especially when you get good. I mean, the thing with RuneScape is you master a piece of content, and it's just a breeze. It's just you're just chilling. And you really can just focus fully on chat. Um, now, obviously, if you're like trying to go for a record or something, that's different. But when I was going for like my nightmare grind, initially, I could not read chat for like the first 
three weeks probably because I just had to fully focus on like original nightmare soloing that and then about a month in it was just complete muscle memory and just everything just became like just chatting so it was chill so let's uh i guess talk about your pbm journey in general so like obviously you have to make an account you have to get to that that end game stage <clears throat> but um was there something you like you were looking forward to doing that really pushed you to get a high level account ready to go yeah so um when i started i thought like I mean, Theater of Blood was like always where I wanted to like end up being because I started in 2018, which was like pretty much when Theater of Blood came out, and I was like, wow, this is actually just the hardest content in the game, like besides Inferno, of course. And this is like always where I wanted to be, so I started like working my way up there. I kind of just like progressed my account to like do PVM only at first until I got to that point, and then that's when I started branching out to other things. But yeah, I was like. I would have to say, like, I did, like, a lot of, like, Zolra and um, other, like, mid-game bosses that really taught me some of, like, the inner game mechanics and just, like, how to, like, multitask them and just, like, count ticks and everything. I found that, like, really helpful on my PVM journey, just, like, breezing through, like, Inferno and then, like, eventually getting into Rage, like, really quickly after. Yeah, counting ticks, I mean, that's something that's so, like, I feel like it's unintuitive. Maybe I'm wrong in saying that. I feel like other games are just very, very real-time, and with RuneScape, everything's just counting. It's just, everything's rhythm-based. Did that, uh, was that tough for you to, like, get down? Because I imagine in 2009 when you were playing, you had no idea what that even was. Yeah, so um, it was a little weird at first. It wasn't necessarily too hard for me to get into, but, like, I was definitely, like, at that same point as, like, every other player starting out where, like, counting game ticks was just the weirdest thing. I always felt like I was lagging, and I was like, why the fuck am I, like, moving so slowly? I just mm -hmm. couldn't keep up. And then eventually, like, I just kind of, like, understood more of, like, the timing with the game and just, like, how to, like, follow these, like, delayed clicks. Yeah, this game, like... It feels, well, at least in my head, I just think this game becomes so much more fun the more time you put into it. At least in regards to PVM and probably PvP, anything that you're just like you need to be good at to enjoy. Because ultimately, especially in PVM, this game is a lot of anticipation. Like you have to be anticipating what's coming next. You can't just react to every single thing. I mean... It's just, like, your guy, it's unintuitive for, like, what you're actually saying, the animation of your player running. I mean, you're always, like, two tiles ahead, it feels like. And and then there's also, I mean, I just think of, like, God Wars Dungeon, for example. Like, you have to literally understand what's happening in that room mechanically before you can ever master that room. Because those minions are attacking on a five tick cycle and you can't just wait for them to start like loading up their axe. Like they've already attacked you at that point. You have to literally know exactly what's going on. And that's a lot of high level PVM is just literally spending hundreds of hours in, in some cases and places and learning to anticipate everything that's going to be happening. And that's when the fun really begins in my opinion. I don't know if you have yeah, any exactly. thoughts It's like on a that. whole bunch of like different timing to like everything as well. Like I think Inferno kind of plays like a big part in just like truly understanding like that timing for everything is like you really have to understand like, okay, this monster is going to attack like at this point. So I need to pray preemptively when this happens, not just like when I see it. 
what do you think about that system? I mean, obviously we're fully used to it and it just feels like that's just how old school, that's how RuneScape is, where you just have to anticipate what's going on. You have to understand the cycles of monsters, but I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like, I wonder if it would have been, I mean, I I barely wonder this because I think what RuneScape has is actually like optimal, but uh, what would be strange is if like you had to pray as the attack actually hits you, like uh, something similar to like Verzik, but it's like across the game. I wonder how that would have like changed metas if that's what we like had gotten used to from the get-go, you know what I mean? So you actually could just actually react to every single attack coming at you. That'd be interesting. Honestly, I kind of like the way things are like right now. I feel like that adds like a certain skill to the game where like you have to really like adjust your timing for everything, especially when you're like multitasking like all the other like basic game mechanics, like just like moving, prayer flicking, switching gear, attacking, just like doing that while all like not losing ticks. I think that's just like insane to me, actually. I wonder how it is for like newer players. I mean, I'm trying to think of certain examples. Like one of them is like Leviathan. Leviathan shoots out something and you, you, are reacting to it you're just like okay it just shot out a green ball i'm gonna pray range for that one and we see it as well with like i mean verzik's another example of it and i feel like a new player could almost see that and start getting confused about like wait why are there certain situations where it's reactionary and then others where like you have to fully anticipate what's about to be thrown at you um i also wonder like like were those good changes like for example verzik verzik uh being reactionary where it can shoot out a range missile and then you pray to it like is that was that a good thing or should it have been more like ohm where it just already generates the attack so i feel like i feel like monsters are like bosses that like can change their like attack styles that's a really good way to go about it because like then you're not just like chancing like free off hit damage like a uh, damage that you take without being able to like reactionary rea reactively like pray against so like I, I wish there was kind of that way for for ohm because that's like one thing i kind of hate for like cm ohm is just like taking like loads of like 40 off prey damage for no reason but i think that's really cool for uh Verzik and leviathan because they're constantly like switching back between like mage and range whereas like I think if a monster does like just one attack style, then yeah, you can like you'll you'll know it's gonna attack at this point. You know what to pray against already. That would actually be cool if Ulm was able to do that. Like even if you just had a one tick window to pray against it, I think that enough would be good to like uh, deflect some of the damage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because what? How does Ulm work? Is that a one in four chance of it switching? It can just switch whenever it wants. Yeah, pretty much. I I haven't really done too much like Thelysium besides like maybe like a month after the last like big CM update. But yeah, he can kind of just switch whenever he wants pretty much. And there's not really much you can do about it. And then like CM, he can max like 40. So it's just free damage you're taking sometimes. Yeah, that's pretty aggressive. Um, so are you more of a like, I'm imagining more of a team-based player, but what what do you like more team or solo stuff? I definitely prefer, like, I would say, like, teams, but lower-scale teams. I prefer, like, duos and trios, because, like, I feel like when you have too many people in a team, 
it kind of makes like the content you're doing a little less engaging just because everybody kind of has like a set role and you're just kind of doing kind of the same thing most of the time. And um, in solos, I feel like there's just like too much for you to do. Like I, like there's like not enough that you can do sometimes. Mm. And so you kind of just have to like chant certain things and play with like variants and RNG. I think like Duo Inferno would be kind of insane. Like I, I wouldn't really know like how the monsters would like interact with you, but I feel like it'd just be like a whole nother like skill set added to the to the content where like you have to make sure that you kind of coordinate with your partner when you're like trying to do the things that you want to do. Yeah, no, I mean that's exactly what it'd be. It's I feel like it's just so much harder as a, a developer to like to to create something that would be truly truly engaging of something like the inferno i mean because i'm just thinking inferno alone if you were just duoing that like what what are the monsters doing are the monsters attacking both of you at the same time if they could are they just targeting one of you like how would that even work out and i wonder how from like a dev's perspective how they would try to make that like challenging um I mean, you know what I would actually really love? I would love it if they could just, like, throw on a beta at some point and just let us beta test, like, a Duo Inferno. Just allow two people to enter that and just see what the hell happens. Because, oh, my God. can I'm just thinking of, like, Addy, Con, and Scotty going into an Inferno together and just trying to go as fast as humanly possible. Like, how they would coordinate, how they would, like, just go about solving the waves. It would probably just be, like, a stand-in-the-middle fest and just just annihilate everything as fast as possible and take a little bit of chip damage here and there, but it would be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think another, like, cool thing about, like, duoing or, like, trioing is that you really kind of have to, like, find, like, a good compromise with, like, the way your partner plays because I feel like not everybody, like, agrees on, like, certain things. So, like, everybody's going to, like, play differently or they want to do things differently, but that's just, like, you, you can't, like do your own thing in a duo or trio you really have to like make things work with your partner it's like figure so, skating like, yeah i i think of like lake and puggin uh, back in the back in the day them doing chambers and even them doing normal nightmare they used to duo nightmare and they just thought alike they just you could tell they're on the same page with things do you have like specific duo partners that you uh, enjoy rating with the most Oh uh, yeah, definitely. My duo partner, hardcore baller. So he's like an old Twitch partner as well, but um, he's a uh, kind of like more into just like casual like speed running now. Well, yeah, like speed running off stream. Um, he and I like get along really well. Like outside of the raid, like we're like super close friends, and I feel like whenever we get into the raid, we don't really like change the way like we act or change the way we do things. We just kind of say like okay maybe we should try this and then we'll both like try to make it work to the best of our abilities and i find that like super cool because we don't really like we don't really like delay any like progression and like what we want to do for our duos like we just kind of send things and we make everything work together and does that come did that come naturally or does it just take a lot of runs together to start getting that sort of intuition for each other I feel like for some duos that comes naturally, but others, you kind of have to like build that synergy like over time. Like I feel like 
some people can kind of just click right away, whereas like others will just have to uh, try to try to make things work in a sense. What are okay? So let's talk about Tob for a little bit. I am I've done like a thousand plus Tob, but it was just super inefficient. I just never really cared. I mean, I was doing like ninety percent of it with a whip, so I just I just wanted to get my scythe and dip for like ultimately. So I never really got into like efficient speed running, and then CAs came out, and I just had some beasts kind of help me help me out with those. But um, what are your like biggest? Uh, I guess. I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Like, what what are, what are your favorite parts about Tob, and then what are your least favorite that you wish could be kind of changed? I guess we'll start with your favorites. Um, I would say my favorite parts about Tob is just the the like high scale ceiling for like every single room. Like, I know there's like <laughs> some memes that go around where like you just kind of like AFKing site that like sewed or something, but like there's so much depth to every room that I feel like you never really master a room. Like there's always something new that you can kind of learn and then you can try to like innovate new methods that you can incorporate into like, uh, like speed running that content, speed running that room. I mean, is it pretty much solved at this point, Tob, or is there still things you're learning? Like even today that there are still things that we're all learning. And I think that's like super cool because Tob's been out for what, like five, six years. And like there's always like new methods coming out for every scale. Like I don't really know too much for like other scales. I've done other scales to an extent, like up to like the Oblivion Diary times, but like not so much for like world record pace as I do for like Duotob. Mm. And what are some things that you uh, wish that were changed in Tob, if there is any? I honestly. Something that I kind of dislike is just, like, back RNG. Like, I feel like if you don't, like, hit Dragon Warhammer specs in, like, certain rooms, the room's just, like, kind of done. So I, I like that. I really like that one change they did for Tecton and Solosiums, or just, like, chambers in general, where if you hit, like, that first hammer, it's kind of guaranteed. So it's not just, like, completely lost if you uh, do miss, like, additional specs later. Yeah. Um, I, okay, let's talk about that because I've actually I've talked to a lot of guests on that particular point of CMs doing that. Do you think that that change is guaranteeing in every single instance of you guaranteeing a Warhammer, uh, at least your first one, is that like appropriate? Because in my head, I think it would have been so much better if they said, you know, you have to hit a certain crush threshold or you have to wear full Inquisitors or something like that. I feel like in this case, it just feels kind of arbitrary. Like, it's just like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, I thought that was the perfect opportunity to literally introduce something where, like, full ink guarantees a spec or something like that. That's what I've been advocating for for years at this point. Just, like, why can't full ink guarantee specs? That would just solve a lot of these issues across the game. And I feel like there's not, like, any real downside besides just... If you don't have Inquisitors, you're kind of fucked. But yeah, um, I, I can agree with that. Like, I think them just kind of like adding the instant hammer change is like kind of like a bit much. Like, I mean, I like it, but <laughs> I think um, they could have definitely done something like maybe make like ink like a little bit more relevant, or just like even maybe like up the chance of like hitting hammers somehow 
or like uh just like reducing the amount of like spec needed to like actually throw a hammer spec kind of like the stadius warhammer where like that only takes like 35 percent, but that's more of like a pvp thing mm. what, what are your thoughts on full ink guaranteeing warhammers i think that'd be cool like i would um we would definitely like try to like rearrange certain setups to be able to fit all that then and then that would just kind of like change the way you like played th throughout the re like you would just um you would have to ditch like certain niche items in order to fit that because mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of stuff in certain speedrunning setups that are like necessity and then there's like others where you're just like okay i'm just gonna bring it because i mean it helps but <laughs> what else am i gonna bring yeah, that's. I just feel like that's just the perfect way to go about it. And it also buffs Nightmare. I mean, Nightmare items would probably shoot up in price quite significantly for those like wanting to speed run and wanting to just do any sort of high-level PVM because specs are so important nowadays. You can't, like, you can't have a good run without it landing your specs. So there was... Uh, are, you, um, are you a Grandmaster? Yeah, I am. Did what? What are your thoughts on uh, like the whole uh, CAs that came out lately? They they already made some changes, but um, some people were complaining it feels like a Ruby spec simulator. What what are your whole thoughts on that whole update that came out? Oh my! So there were some tasks that I was just completely molding, but there are other <laughs> tasks that I was like, I, I really enjoyed. Like I actually enjoyed the speed tasks. Like I feel like you don't really need to like natty Ruby that. Which is just you know trying to chance like a like a ruby bolt proc at the beginning, but um, yeah, I didn't even do that for most of my speed tasks. I feel like you just kind of go in and just make sure you play well, and then you'll eventually get it. Like I mean, you'll get like a slightly higher chance doing that resetting, but if you kind of try to like go for that with like some other tasks at the same time, you'll probably get it before you finish, which is pretty much what I did. Like. For Vard, for instance, I kind of just went in with a Soul Reaper axe and I just nuked that guy. Like, I just went in and whacked him down for, like, a 45-second PV. Jesus. I didn't do anything special. See, that that's what's kind of cool about those times. If you're not so... I mean, I I and, like, everybody else that lost their Zuck Helm were just desperate to get it back. So, ultimately, like, the best way to go about those tasks is literally just to have max gear and just perform relatively well just for a couple hundred kills and for sure you're gonna beat the gm time at some point the rng is just gonna land but i think for so much it's just like we want our zuck helms so badly back like immediately because well one the thrall timers is nice but you just there's so many other perks and but yeah like every single one of those times is easily completable just doing normal kills because i'm pretty sure every single one of those times i had already beaten pre-update so just yeah like even like i think like a couple of them i had the pv that was faster than the gm time but it just didn't register because i had to like get it after they already were released but like mm. yeah i didn't i didn't really like natty ruby anything except for leviathan which is just a given because you're using ccb anyways yeah but i think all those speed tasks are like fine the way they are you just kind of need like max gear and you just need to play well really yeah, I actually, I, I perfect time for it. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. I'm, I'm with you. Where like I actually enjoyed the speed tasks, and I did some Ruby spec sims where it's just I'm just completely going over. And over. I mean, Whisperer took like two hours. Leviathan took like two hours, but I was having a good time. Actually, it was kind of just fun, just seeing how good your RNG can get, 
And uh, yeah, I actually thought the times were pretty appropriate too. I think there's a lot of freak out uh, on day one of anything where things seem to be too hard. I brought up uh, an example with my chat, like people were just cr just wailing, just totally crying about these times. And well, some people, not everybody, but like imagine they had come out with the Vorkath speed time just randomly, like they just dropped it on you without any guide on how to get the 54 second Vorkath. People would have been freaking out. They would have just been totally crying, like, oh my god, this is like an impossible time to get, it's going to take so long. And then you just wait for somebody to solve it, like Mulgo Kirby, and then it's like, boom, okay, this is how you do it. Now it's only a matter of like, you know, half hour to actually get this on rate, or whatever the time is. I feel like on the release of things, people freak out, but once somebody comes out with this super efficient simulated method of this is how you optimally do it, then everything just becomes a lot easier, so... And I also, I also just think that speedrun time, there's been some Reddit posts saying like speedrunning tasks are like pointless and it sh everything should be totally skill-based with CAs, which I can understand, but there is skill to trying to optimize a way to kill something really, really fast. And yes, you're gear locked. I mean, you, you, you do have to get the best in slot gear, which, you know, is kind of just what gms means at this point you're pretty much rocking full best in slot but on top of that you have to figure out little ways to squeeze in extra dps which i think is really fascinating and it's fun yeah definitely i honestly though i kind of I, I didn't really like the way they did the perfection test like um i feel like trying to get five perfect kills in a row is not any different than just kind of getting those five perfect kills but like in different instances or like not like different instances but like you can do like five perfect kills within the same instance but it takes you like eight kills you know so mm -hmm. i feel like that's the same thing but doing it five in a row is just annoying because you make one mistake and you have to restart you have to reset to the very beginning first kill see i actually i maybe it's just because i had just recently done a bunch of dt2 i did not struggle with that task at all on any of the four that was the easiest thing ever was just doing five in a row but i also was just grinding the dt2 like in november so i feel like i already kind of had a lot, a lot of that muscle memory down but that was a task i actually found very appropriate for cas because it really is challenging you like don't mess up five times in a row and it, i didn't think it was overly bearing i just thought okay five in a row if you're not used to the boss if you've only killed it a few times anyway and you're just trying to get this task out of the way yeah it's going to be a little bit rough i because i remember killing whisperer initially that boss was kind of a headache but then you do a couple hundred kills you know this is all pre cas you just do a few hundred kills and you just you get the natural rhythm down and i think that's what uh that's what I kind of liked about that task. So them, I, I think they what they they only changed Leviathan, right? So Leviathan, you don't have to anymore. Get like all the kills in a row. I, I know they made some sort of change on that. Do you know? Oh, did they? Um, as far as I know, like the only change I heard about that was like on day one when like all of the tasks were kind of like that, where you just didn't have to really get them in a row. You could just do them all in the same instance. But then they like changed it really quickly. I think it was like midway through day one. They decided, oh yeah, like you should do it in a row. Okay. Well, they did make a change uh, just this last update with, um, just look it up. I, I think it was just Leviathan uh, with the, 
wilderness changes that they made. So uh, just showing it on my end. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they say perfect Leviathan now only requires you to complete five perfect kills without leaving the instance rather than five. Oh, so okay. I, I think it's only for Leviathan though. And they also made Whisper and Duke Speed Chaser uh, five seconds more lenient. Wait, is Speedrunner? Wait, what's Speedrunner and Speed Chaser? What's the what's the GM one? Were those changed? Let me see. Because um, Duke was originally 120, right? Is it still 120? Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, so it's 125 now. Oh, they did change that? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that's Speedrunner. Yeah, so they uh, did I felt change. like all the times were like fine, except for maybe Whisper. Like, I mean, I, I think Whisper was kind of like locked behind like Shadow. Like, you kind of needed a Shadow to get that time. But, um, yeah, yeah, like other than that time, I think the others were fine. Yeah, the only way to like not be locked out, like to not have a Shadow be it, is like you literally would have to run so many resets until you maybe hit like three rubies at the get go and then switch to Sang or something. That would just be brutal because Shadow's so good. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Shadow, actually? Do you think that's a balanced weapon? <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I feel like it's just like too hard to like balance out that sort of thing. Like, before Shadow came out, Mage was just super underpowered. Like it wasn't really like a way to like DPS anything. You just kind of, I mean, like unless you were forced to. But Mage was just like full on utility for the most part. Now it's like actual, like best in slot in certain places. It just feels like I love using it. I have it. I have Max Mage. It feels great. It feels really busted. But uh, I, I just. I think the biggest thing I'm worried about is just how big of a leap was made from second best in slot mage weapon to now shadow. And usually when we're thinking about mega rares on raids drop tables, we think that it it has some sort of niche, like TiVo being really powerful against magic-based bosses and Scythe being good against large bosses. Shadow just feels like it just annihilates everything that's weak to magic. It just It's just disgusting. Yeah. Even, like, things that aren't really weak to magic, like, it has so much accuracy bonus. Yeah, it is, like, a little overpowered, but I wouldn't really, like, know a good way to kind of tone that down a bit. Yeah, I, I feel like a way to tone it down would maybe be, like, it's really, really good against... I mean, I don't know. There's so many ways to kind of nerf it, I feel like. I feel like another problem is just the fact that it triples accuracy and damage. That's, like... Actually, I'm curious. Do you know this? I don't know if you've done much TOA. You know how the shadow is better in TOA? Yeah. How many, like how many, four times? Yeah. How many How many max hits did the Magus ring get? Because does, normally it has like three extra max hits wearing that ring. I think if you're on task, maybe, maybe that's the case. But in TOA, did, did the ring give you an additional max hit on top of that with the Magus? Yeah, so I think the Magus gives you four in TOA. Is that worth a lot bringing of people or is it still Light Bear? I think Light Bear is still the play because, like, um, you have a lot of value with, like, specs during the raid, like, especially Void Waker because everything's just so high defense. Mm. Okay, yeah. The, I also have a problem. I'm not going to just have this podcast be all the problems I have with the imbalances of this game, but, like, what... <laughs> I, I actually do not like it when weapons are just randomly better in 
certain pieces of content. And there's no way to even know that unless you've just like completely, unless you just play this game every day and you've read up on every update and you know exactly what's happening. Because like, there's nothing listed when you're entering TOA that's like, oh, your Fang is just really good here, by the way. It's like extra good and your Shadow is extra good here. You kind of just have to have known that. Um, I also just hate it when weapons do more damage in certain areas. I think that's just weird and arbitrary. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Like, do you, do you care personally? Um, I I feel like a lot of that is fine, but I kind of I kind of get that with like TOA a little bit. Like, it just it doesn't really make too much sense to me. Like, all right, Shadow gets like four times bonus instead of three. Like, I mean, I guess the reason why they did that is just to kind of make it best in slot there because it does come from the raid. Yeah. Whereas like. Tebow was kind of like better on like wardens before, but I don't know. I think yeah. they could have like done done some other change with that. Yeah, they should have done some other change. And I understand the people's like, oh my god, the shadow's not. I mean, even if even if Tebow was best in slot in a lot of those rooms like wardens, I mean, the shadow would still hold such immense value. It's just so good at so many other places as well. But you're right; it would feel good to be able to use the shadow as the mega rare there. But I'm just thinking of a like um, one of the biggest problems that we kind of overlook as like higher level players is just the the disparity between like the first best in slot and now the second because when you when like if if the Fang was just its normal DPS in Toa then it wouldn't feel quite as bad using a rapier if you didn't have you know if you if you just didn't have a Fang yet and you're an Iron Man. Um, it wouldn't feel as bad, but it feels horrible because the Fang is so much better. And the same thing if you're rocking a Sanguinesti because you don't have a Shadow yet. Like, bruh, if you like every single room, if you're trying to use the Shadow and then you're using a Sang, like the Sang feels so much worse now because there is that 4x multiplier. It would be the same thing if in TOB they randomly just made the Scythe 25% better. Just because, like, oh, let's just make the scythe really fucking good at Tob. Well, now anybody that's using a sail door is really paying the price. Like, you fucking suck now. Like, your your DPS is so <laughs> much horror, so much worse than the scythe. So that I feel like that's one of the concerns as well. It's just like you're you're adding such a big gap between these weapons, and it just feels horrible if you don't have it. Yeah, I don't know. Something I worry about, I guess. I, I know like a lot of high level players just don't need to worry about that because you just have you just rock whatever is best in slot and it's just like whatever. Did you think uh the scythe buff was necessary, by the way? The uh accuracy buff? Just slight slight accuracy yeah, buff. Definitely. I felt like scythe was just so underwhelming, especially like even in like top sometimes it feels a little underwhelming in like certain rooms that are just like really tanky, like so did seg or like phase two Verzik at the end. Like, even nowadays, with that scythe buff, people still use the Tumican Shadow on P2 if you can bring, like, the full 8-way switch just because it's still, like, slightly better. That's what we do in uh, duos. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, no, I know Travis42 rocks the Shadow because he doesn't have a scythe there. And that is... Cr I mean, is it is it only better because you're not having to miss any ticks? Is that, that what makes it better? Or even if scythe didn't miss ticks, it would still be better? Yeah, so if Scythe didn't miss ticks, I think they would be, like... I, I want to say that they'd be, like, on par together. But, like, Scythe, you just, like, 
have all that gear on you already so like you just save like so many inventory spaces from not having to bring like an eight-way shadow in yeah but that's kind of like the main reason why shadow is so good is because like recently like back in august like everybody discovered that Verzik's like magic defense didn't go off her magic level it actually went off her defense level which is like significantly lower mm. so that's why shadow just hits so well and then you just don't lose ticks yeah like you just hit the whole time whereas like scythe you have to miss every fourth hit yep because you're just on that weird attack speed cycle interesting yeah that's uh that's pretty cool i actually kind of like that i like that there is that option like you're not trolling if you're using a scythe it's just up there with it if you're willing to bring the full mage switch so i think that's kind of cool yeah i kind of like it too honestly like a lot of people don't like that they just want scythe to be busting slot fair enough honestly but me i like I, I think the shadow takes like a lot of skill to use on phase two because you're not losing any ticks. You have to learn how to like do everything like dodging crabs and everything without missing any hits, missing any ticks. And it just takes a lot of skill doing that as well as like when you get to like the red phase where like the red crabs spawn at the end of phase two, it's actually better for you to sight the crab still and then shadow the boss. So you're just like constantly doing eight way switches back and forth. And it's just a whole lot of APM for like higher reward. And I like that. Like, yeah, got to do more for better results. Yeah, I think that that is cool. Do you think the, in your opinion, do you think the scythe could have even had more of a buff? Or did you think it was appropriate what it, what it was given? I think the side should have a little bit more of a buff. I think like that that min hit buff that's gonna come soon, where like you can't roll a zero anymore if you pass the accuracy check on monsters. I think that's like gonna be really good for side. It might like add like potentially three max hits. I want to say. Yeah, that's actually huge. That's like the the weapon that's getting the biggest buff from that. I'm. So, I hope that update comes quick. Like it's. I hope it's in the next couple weeks. That would be. F- amazing i'm so excited about that me too like it's such a big dps increase and i think with that update then scythe will finally be like up there with like other mega rares and just being like best in slot in the raid overall yeah like people wouldn't really be using shadow anymore i mean shadow would still be good but it's a really nice change it's even i mean it's even nice for the brand new noobs coming off of tutorial island that now get to punch cows and actually hit ones like repeatedly because there's just so many rolls where you're not actually missing, but you're hitting a zero anyway. Because that's just your Dude. your rolls are zero to one initially. In the I game. hated that. <laughs> Playing combat in the early game was so terrible because you just hit so many zeros. But yeah, like that's kind of like another reason why people just kind of uh, do quests for early XP now. Like it's just yeah, never yeah. worth to really train combat straight up un- until sure. like you get good enough gear and yeah. It is cool, though, knowing that if your max hit is just one or two, your DPS is shooting up massively with this one simple change. So, Oh, yeah. And it's going to just feel better. Hitting zeros is the worst, dude. It's the worst thing ever. It's so frustrating in just, like, everything you do. Like, nobody hates... Or everybody hates hitting zeros or, like, low numbers. You know what I want as well with this update is the thralls getting rid of hitting zeros what are your thoughts Ooh, i feel like that might be like kind of op like it's it's a it is a dps increase for sure yeah like before they would average maybe like one two 
or they would average maybe like one damage and now with that they would average like two and that's just like doubling the damage thralls does like everywhere well it's not quite a double it's like a what was it because i think you what is it zero one two three four or one two three so so, so you're you're normally dealing what 1.5 is that it and this would make it so it's two Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, one point. So it's not quite it is a DPS increase. I think one of the most annoying things is though is like watching I'm just gonna bring up Scotty as an example again. Like him doing a an inferno run and something is literally one HP and the thrall hits it and it hits a zero. Like that is beyond aggravating. And there's just so many scenarios where like the thrall hits a zero when it, if it just hit the num just any number, it would have just killed the monster. Um I don't know. I actually think it would be a positive change. It would make it so thralls are. It would probably change potential metas, but it's so minor. I mean, it is a. It is a. It is a DPS upgrade. It's not crazy, but it's just enough to make thralls feel really good. There's no more zeros. I mean, they already don't even have an accuracy role, so it's like it's not like this is changing anything fundamental. Of like, oh well, now it's just going to guarantee hit. It already was guarantee hitting. It just could roll a zero. I just think getting rid of the zeros because because it is 100% accurate makes sense with this new change of us not being able to hit zeros anymore if we actually roll the accurate if we pass the accuracy check that thrall should also get that same change that's my that's my personal opinion i think yeah it would feel better to using thralls yeah definitely yeah i think like it, it definitely would change the way like you kind of played in like certain speedrun scenarios where like you could kind of plan out like what your thrall is going to do for you like it'll like kill the spawn for you so you can immediately move on to the next or you can like try to just um try to like force the overkill a little bit more yeah yeah no that's i think that actually could be cool though i think uh it would change it would shake up a few tiny metas probably like for minimal dps increase it would just be cool though um okay so what are your thoughts? These these are things that are have been kind of talked about lightly over the you know past couple of years and more recently as well. Is like people really want overloads, and they want um, those to come into like the main game, maybe in some different form rather than just being one twenty five stacked on every stat. Maybe something a little bit lighter. Maybe some sort of like divine version of it. Do you have any thoughts on overloads in general in the main game? Um, I never really thought too much about that. I always kind of wondered why Tob didn't really have that because there is like overloads in chambers, and then we have like th smelling salt in TOA, which is like pretty much the same thing. I th I think it would just uh, I th I think it would kind of help a little bit with like like spec RNG and stuff like that. Like, just kind of making things, like, a bit more consistent because you have those higher stats. And what about in, like, the main game having overloads? It, you, you're, uh, you are right, though, about TOB not having some sort of version of that. I, I think it should be, like, a thing for, like, endgame content. Or, like, not should, but I think it would be cool to have it. But maybe, like, not for, like, general use. It would just kind of, like overshine like a lot of like other items and like uh certain like setups that you could bring one of the worries is something like shadow i mean right now if you have a saturated heart 
with max mage on task or something i think you get like eight max hits just with a saturated heart <laughs> just because of like how much it exponentially just shoots up so if you I, i'm just imagining like an overload with like 125 just get like an additional like eight max hits or something with that like holy fuck um there's it's hard to balance something like an overload in this game though because everything like range melee and mage are kind of in this nice sort of equilibrium i can't fully say that it is but it's in in, in many ways it is and as soon as you give like range let's just imagine range now shoots up to 118 like that is gonna be game changing and then if mage can shoot up to 118 or higher like that's going to be massively game changing and what are you going to do with the saturated heart at that point you know <clears throat> yeah like that's kind of what i was thinking with like kind of thinking back to like shadow where if you if you could go up to like 120 mage i feel like you would just shadow like so many more things over like ranging or melee and yeah, that's sure. that's what i kind of mean by like it kind of like would just overshadow or like outshine those like other things it it's just you would just kind of like bring shadow for everything yeah they would have to make changes to shadow if that happened they'd have to you can't keep that in there like it is mm -hmm. yeah um i'm excited about the quiver i i so my thoughts on the scythe is personally i think the scythe is already in a good place i think it already is really good weapon i think the only reason a lot of people do think it's lackluster is because we have something like shadow that is just massively dominant so now we're comparing a mega rare to a mega rare and like if the shadow hadn't been so disgusting we wouldn't be thinking that the scythe needs to be as disgusting as that but i do like the accuracy buffs i think accuracy is not if as soon as you start touching damage that gets a little bit scary in my head but the accuracy feels good because you're just not hitting as as many zeros i think we all kind of felt that with the fang when the fang was introduced all of a sudden, Rapier, Saildor, and Mace feel like total garbage because they're just hitting zeros repeatedly. So accuracy buffs are nice, and um, I think the Quiver coming out from Coliseum is going to be a really, really nice uh, accuracy. Like, just it's going to feel better to range things. Yeah, definitely. I think that item's like really good just by itself. Like, doesn't really kind of need anything else with it. Like, I think that change they made where it can, like, hold multiple ammunition together is a really nice quality of life. But I think that item alone just gives, like, so much range accuracy and range strength bonus. It's just overall just going to be, like, a good addition to just, like, your range setup in general. Yeah, it's going to shake things up a little bit, too. Because I believe with Venator Ring, because, like, Venator Ring in most cases doesn't actually give a max hit with our current setups. But with the Quiver with it it will give some like max hits to tebow i believe i haven't ran the calx i just remember some people talking about like inferno when, when the quiver comes out it, it might shake a few things up um allowing that ring to have a little bit more use and on top of that i mean the quiver is going to make blowpipe so that's going to be a huge buff to blowpipe anything that attacks faster is going to get a massive upgrade to this quiver yeah so. definitely yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that feels. Um, I'm excited, though, for it. What else is coming from Coliseum that's relevant? I know they're coming out with the Echo. Oh, the, uh, the Echo shards or whatever, Echo crystals or whatever. Those uh, have been confirmed to be coming to Guardian Boots. So there's, like, some sort of AOE recoil damage if you're wearing Guardian Boots. Do you see those 
being useful anywhere in high level PVM? Um, I guess the first thought that just kind of came to mind was like the Nyla room for TOB. Maybe use that on the aggros and then could like bounce off to like other crabs like near the pillars. I wonder if it's going to have like a an attack style to it, you know, or, or if it's just going to be totally neutral. Like, because um, I know in Nilo's, like, you can't deal damage if it's, you know, to a mage crab if you're using melee. I wonder what style of attack it'll be. Or if it's, oh, how do, how do recoils work in Nilo's? Is that just fully neutral damage that you can just deal to anything? Yeah, so, like, take Vengeance, for instance. So you can use those on, like, any aggro. Okay. And that's considered the same thing as recoil, like, just neutral damage? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I I mean, personally, I'm satisfied that uh, Guardian Boots got the change. I thought it was going to be extremely lackluster if it would just came to, like, these wildy shields and, uh, like, whatever that obby shield is. Um, so I actually like that. I'm also excited just to see where this shines, if it does. As an Iron Man, I'm curious how viable these Echo Crystals are going to be to, like, maintain but I don't see it really changing metas anywhere besides just, yeah, potential. I don't know. It There's also, like, a lot of bosses where, like, it could be used that, like, they're just immune to recoil and stuff. That would be... So they wouldn't have use. Because I was thinking, like, Nex, for example. But uh, I don't think Nex can even be recoiled, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know on that, actually. I don't think it can. But we'll yeah, see. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, what else is relevant there? I don't think I think those are like the two main things. The quiver is like the main thing, and then everything else kind of feels like lackluster. They try to come out. They're coming out with some like an in just enhanced proselyte, which is like barely an enhancement. It's just kind of like what? <laughs> I'm just kind of like, what is this? Why couldn't this have been a range? I mean, they actually pulled for it to be a ranged prayer armor, which I was super looking forward to. I thought that would have actually been relevant in some scenarios. But no, just an enhanced proselyte, which is so boring. Is it just like more like prayer bonus? That's it? I think it has like rune stats. I, I thought proselyte already had rune stats. Apparently they don't. But this is new armor that has like stats of rune. With, yeah, a slight increase of prayer. Oh, uh, yeah, that's boring. <laughs> it's so boring, dude. I'm just kinda, like, yeah. yeah. It's just like a straight upgrade, but it's like irrelevant. It's like, <laughs> are you going to use that like Slayer? I know. And like most people, I don't know. It'll still be used for some like newbie stuff. Like if you use Proselyte already, then yeah, sure. You're going to use this new stuff. But like, oh my God, it's so boring. So we'll kind of see. Um, you know what I do want, though? This is, like, not related to Colosseum, but some other future boss is... I love what they did with the Bellator ring. Like, the the enhancement from a Warriors to a Bellator was, like, perfect. Do you use Bellator, by the way, in, uh, in Tob now? Oh, yeah. I love that item. Like... So one thing I don't like though is that the um the scythe buff recently, like the accuracy buff to it, kinda like canceled out like the benefits of Bellator in a sense. Like it kinda like devalued it a little bit. So you don't really bring it as much as you did, but it's still like really good in like some of those like tankier parts of the raid, like Sodit Seg or like phase two Verzik near the end. 
Yeah, that ring, they nailed it, I think, because it actually is a meaningful, it has meaningful stats to it. It wasn't, I think their their original proposal was just so much worse. It was like, I don't even remember what it was, but it was really bad, and I'm glad they enhanced it. I Now, now what I really want, though, is the Wildey rings to get that Bellator uh, rework, sort of. So, like, tyrannical and treasonous having a ring that kind of did the same thing as the Bellator where now it has 20 stab or 20 crush respectively and also a plus six damage and um the ring of the gods I think it would actually be appropriate if that jumped from like a plus eight to like a plus 20 as well just so there is potentially some relevancy with that ring being so powerful yeah I would like that too actually like I feel like so so back then like when Tob was like first coming out people kind of brought that tyrannical ring in for like people who had like certain spec roles in. Mm. So if, um, if they did buff it to maybe like, I don't know, like 20 crush bonus, you could just bring that one item alone. And I feel like that already alone would help so much with like landing hammer specs. Yeah, that would be cool. It would also be a nice upgrade potentially to people that don't have a scythe and are using a rapier sail door or mace. At least rapier mace, actually. Um, if I, I just, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see, but I do want those rings. I think it's completely f- reasonable at this point with Bellator. So I don't know where they'd come from though. Maybe like a new Giga Wildy Boss or something. I wouldn't be opposed to that. We'll see though. So going back to Coliseum, what are your overall thoughts on that? Do you? Are you looking forward to something? Do you have expectations that you want to have met? And like, what are you? What are your whole thoughts? And are you going to grind it as well? That's another question. So, um, I'm definitely looking forward to it because I'm always like someone who's kind of like looking for like newer content to do. Um, as much as I love like Theater of Blood, I just I, I do like branching out to like newer content every now and then, just to keep things like a bit more fresh. And it's just fun, like, starting, like, new content together with everybody, kind of, like, trying to learn new methods, innovating new strats. But I, I'm not really sure if I'm going to grind it that long. Like, a wave-based minigame, like, it does seem, like, pretty appealing. But I think what they mentioned was it's going to be, like, a lot shorter than, like, Inferno Fight Caves. And, like, um... It's like you said earlier, like the rewards aren't like very appealing there. It's just like the quiver and the uh the shards and the boot. Yeah. But yeah, I I definitely will grind it for a little bit, but I just don't know if I'm gonna like stick to it. Like it's kinda like the same thing with like TOA back then. Like TOA I did for like the first two months and then I just never really touched it again. Yeah. We'll we'll touch TOA in a second. Um but yeah, now we'll we'll see. They're introducing a glory system with Coliseum. Do you think that's going to have any relevancy with like how we perceive players' skill? I I think in a sense, yeah, cuz like it is solo content and like solo content does require a lot of like individual skill, but um yeah, uh I don't feel like it's going to be as difficult as like something like Inferno. I feel like over the years, like, every player just kind of, like, 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 players nowadays are just, like, so good compared to, like, how they were back then. So we usually pick up on things relatively quickly. 
And because it's already like mentioned that it's like not really gonna be like end game, end game content, it feels like we're just gonna probably like get through it like within like the first week. Maybe like solve everything within the first month. Yeah, we'll see. I'm 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 excited because of the potential with this glory system seeing who has like the highest glory or however it's gonna work. I don't really know how it's gonna work out, but I'm also excited to see people start speedrunning it. But this is <clears throat> I've said this in a few previous casts. This is gonna be the one piece of content that I'm actually gonna dive into from the get-go. I feel like so many times content releases and I'm always just anxious about it. And I'm like, oh, I'll just wait until it's solved. <laughs> like I don't wanna I don't wanna deal with the headache of trying to figure this stuff out myself. So I usually just wait. But I think with Coliseum I'm gonna jump in and just really just take it in as a brand new update and just try to like solve things myself i'll still watch streams and look up guides and stuff in, in the meanwhile but i don't know well we'll see i'm also curious what they're gonna do because the rewards aren't amazing what they're gonna do with normal loot are, like, are they just gonna make it super busted where like everything's alkables and you're just making 20 million an hour off alks or like because i yeah I, I really don't know how they're gonna try to balance that Yeah, I, I'm still, like, definitely looking forward to it. Like, I'm always looking forward to, like, just doing new content with everybody. I think it'll be a good update, still. Yeah, it'll be cool. Um. Okay, so let's talk, let's touch on TOA. What were your, what are your thoughts on TOA as a raid in general? <laughs> TOA, so, I mean, I, I, I like... I, I like TOA a lot initially because, like I said, like I just love like starting new content with everybody and like innovating those like new methods. But TOA felt very lackluster, like super quickly because as soon as like you get to those like higher invocations where like you're like doing like 500 plus, it doesn't really add too much like skill to the raid. It's just you're just doing a longer raid. Like, there are, like, some other small mechanics that you're adding in, like Double Trouble for Akka, where, like, it spawns orbs, like, when the other specials are coming out. But, I mean, other than that, like, you're kind of just hitting a boss with, like, higher HP and higher defense. That's why, I mean, and it also does more damage. That's why everybody, like, does those, like, zero damage methods where you, like, Red X Baba and Butterfly Akka. That's kind of why I just lost interest really quickly. It's just... There wasn't really too much else I could do with the raid. So, like, I did, like, a solo 600 invocation within, like, the first couple months, and I just never really... I didn't, like, know what else I wanted to do in that raid because the rewards were kind of dropping really quickly since it was accessible to everybody. And, yeah, I just didn't really, like, have any other challenge I wanted to go for. I wasn't interested in speedrunning it. Mm. What's funny is like during, I think it was around the release of TOA where like a Vernix started skyrocketing. Is that the, is that what happened? And then like their original proposal with hard mode top was like, it was not, it's not going to have as, 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 as a, I don't know how that did the rates, but it was like a Vernix aren't as common or something like that in hard mode. And then it ended up being like, I don't know if this actually was the case or not, but it turned out like normal top was just way better profit because you wanted to get the Avernic basically because it was just skyrocketing. Did you go back to top in that time? Did you notice anything like that? Yeah, I uh, I definitely did take advantage of that when the hilts like started skyrocketing above 100 mil. It was pretty fun. Just sending like some chill, casual like money runs and just, 
Yeah, making like 20, 30 mil an hour. It's kind of crazy. Jesus. Yeah, that is crazy. Did, when you were doing duos at the time? or Yeah, I mostly do duos, but I like doing other skills every now and then if like friends want to. But duos are kind of my main thing. Uh, have you ever soloed, Todd? Yeah, so I actually have done a fair bit of solo regulars. Like I have a sub 55, which is pretty good compared to like most people who start out solo tub they usually get like a sub 70 sub 65 and then i also am like top five for solo hard mode tub as well which is like content that i prefer because of the the red crabs on phase two verzik at the end like solo hard mode tub you only get one so you can actually out dps that and just keep hitting the boss but in regular solo tub you have to tick eat the whole time because you get two red crabs you can't out dps it so you have to ticky the lightning until the purple crab comes out. And then when you hit that, it actually damages Verzik a little bit. So you have to like wait that out for like 15, 20 minutes. But I hate that. So I do solo hard mode tab where I just can just like keep staying on the boss. Is the rest of the raid more fun in hard mode, do you think? Um, I think Nilo solo hard mode tab is like probably one of the hardest things in the game. So I love that challenge. And... Um, every other room is probably a little bit more lackluster just because, like, it's just longer. It's mm. kind of like the same thing I mentioned with, like, TOA. But, like, Solo Nylos is crazy. Solo Zarpus is crazy. And then Verzik's just overall, like, quality of life better. Damn. Damn. So how many completions do you think you have total of, like, across both of them? Like, Solo? Um, solo Regular, I have 10. Solo Hard Mode Tub, I have 15. Okay. Have you gotten any purples in your name in solos? I've gotten one, and it was leg guards. No! <laughs> that is disturbing. Uh, yeah, first purple. Never lucky. Oh, that is awful. Wait, wait. it was your first raid? Is that what you said? Or just one purple? Sorry, I uh, thought... First purple in solos in general. Okay. Well, uh, are you planning on going back at all to do anymore or is that kind of like is it I, I could just see it as being hella exhausting i've never been super uh people have asked me like are you ever gonna solo top i'm like dude i have zero motivation to do that this seems like such a headache <laughs> it is kind of exhausting yeah like i probably have no interest in doing solo regulars unless they ever change like phase two verzik where you can just mm. have the one red crab like hard mode top solo hard mode top is fun but that's also really exhausting because like the raid is still longer than solo tub even with like the tick eating method but yeah i think uh i i kind of just like leave it off like in certain spans where i'll come back to it whenever like new content or like new new items pretty much like kind of change the way you do things there but it's not really my favorite thing to do it's just something that i wanted to do yeah damn that's uh it's pretty beast though did it take you long to learn uh, solo hard mode tub took me a while, yeah. Solo regular tub was kind of quick. But solo hard mode tub, I felt like I really struggled with Nilos. Like, I feel like that's just where everybody struggles because you have to do so much in that room where you're dealing with a mini boss and you're de dealing with like other aggros that you just like can't get to in time because this mini boss is like just on you the whole time. <laughs> so you got to like find certain methods to like uh, position the boss to block out those aggros so they can't reach you mm -hmm. and 
like just multitasking all that and like not being able to barrage in that room is like the hardest thing in the world because like in regular solos like you can just blood barrage and heal off like a stack of random crabs but if yep. you do it in hard motob you get that recoil damage from hitting the wrong style so you actually have to blood blitz in that room and yeah it's just like there's just so much to that room there's so much depth it's crazy it took like it took me like a week of just kind of getting through nylas and i think it took gino monkey like the same time pa- time spirit ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Like, he just spent like a week in Nyla's as well. That's brutal. Have you, uh, once you like figure out that room, it goes by kind of quickly. Like, the other rooms aren't really too bad. Yeah, that's what I noticed. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I remember watching a cold one doing tons of solo top, just normally, obviously, not hard mode. As I feel like he's has, has he done hard mode? I think he has. He did a ton yeah, of normal, he was though. One of the first people to do it. Okay. Watching him definitely helped me learn it like really quickly. Yeah, his he makes Nilo room, at least in the normal solo top, make it look like a breeze. And I'm just sitting there like, bruh, shit's going wild. And hard mode is just way more intense, I imagine. Um have yeah. you have you done any inferno challenges uh at all besides just like, you know, getting your CAs and just doing normal capes? Have you like tried to do like no pillar, for example, or anything? Um no pillar is something that I might want to try sometime because, like, I'm not really too into like speed running other content, but I do like doing like those like awkward challenges where you just kind of go for the completion, but you have like that that like weird little handicap. Um, but other than that, the only challenges I really have done are just like trying to speed run a little bit faster in the Inferno, but that was like years ago, maybe like two or three years ago, where I got my first sub 55, and then I just never really carried on because tutorial skipping is just such a pain like just uh skipping for hours to get one task just to spend like a half hour in there dying and then yeah. trying to get a new task because yeah. like it's like we were mentioning with like rasa earlier like or scotty as people mm-hmm. know him you just kind of chance things like the whole time like yeah, <laughs> yeah you just you're, you're always going to like chance. There's there's not a run where like anybody's just gonna be clean with it. Like you're either dead or you get a PB. There's no in between. I know. I mean, we've gotten to that stage now, especially like we have. If you want to get world record, you got to beat 41 minutes. Like good fucking luck. Like you you can't take like you have to take every risk possible now. And then you'll still be off if you don't get like a jad skip basically like you just you got to pray for all rng to go your way at this point which is pretty extreme 
And yeah, I mean, Scotty also has like just, I mean, he's just, he's got multiple accounts he can run it on. He's got, you know, just like all the Turtle skipping. If you're just playing alone on one account, Turtle skipping in general is just, it makes trying to really, really improve at Inferno a lot more of like an exhausting endeavor to go for. It's just so much Turtle, I imagine. Do you have have you ever thought about something that they could change to make Inferno like a little bit more accessible to the speedrunners? Um, honestly, I I just kind of thought like maybe you should just be able to like do it on task with like no reward or anything. Like, I mean, I guess Inferno doesn't really give rewards besides the cape, but um people just want to do the content like they're not in it for rewards or anything else they just want to like try to get a good pv do it for the thrill of the challenge so like if you just got rid of like everything else that you could gain from that just so to just, be able to do it i think that would be like pretty good yeah i don't feel like that would, there would even be a problem with that i wonder how like jagex i wonder what they're thinking because i mean this has been a discussion for years of like just letting people run the inferno as if they're on task but not get any slayer xp yeah that like no slayer xp or anything it's like nobody cares about that they just want to do it yeah i i, I wonder because like it's almost i almost wonder if they keep it that way like this i don't think this is the case at all but i wonder if like they're purposely keeping turtle around just so the inferno feels even better because when it takes so long to get the task the task just feels so much more valuable it's like no you know I, mean? I spend like three to five hours getting a task sometimes it's just awful oh, like that is tilting. i'm literally i'm literally watching like streamers like cvetrs or like stujax they're just like killing cows for like five hours just to go into the <laughs> inferno and die like an hour later <laughs> Or, like, forget their ammo or forget something and have to, you know, just lose a run. Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, okay, let's go over to the Twitter topics. We got uh, quite a few. Okay, so Potato Hime says, let's go, Flash. What piece of content in OSRS do you find the hardest? Oh, for general content, Inferno, for sure. Like, Inferno just makes you like try to utilize like every game mechanic to its fullest potential and just like multitask at the same time like i was mentioning earlier like you have to move you have to prayer flick switch gear and just like prioritize the right targets and prayer flick do that like all without losing dicks it's kind of insane like i respect that so much but it's something i'm not really gonna ever like do because i mean you don't really get anything else out of it besides like that challenge but um but for like specific niche content solo hard mode top is the hardest thing i've ever done in this game like it was more difficult than like the awakened bosses and like just general inferno like getting my first cave like there was so much struggle like trying to learn like all the in-depth things for all the solo rooms especially like nylos and honestly you just kind of it's kind of like the same thing as what i mentioned where you have to like really utilize like all the game mechanics to its fullest potential and multitask it but like the rate's just like longer like you have to like do that within like 60 70 made 70 minutes like before you have a timer as well like you have to do it before the timer runs out otherwise you don't get rewards oh, i mean if you're doing it you're not really trying to beat the time at first but yeah it would be nice like the timer's 70 minutes for solo hard mode tom 
it seems like a long time, but yeah, the rooms are just so long in general. Damn. Yeah. And like, and like another thing is like you have to manage your supplies really well during that as well because you get negative supplies from the chest. Like you get such low points in the solo that you can't even really buy that many things. You kind of have to like the the inventory you bring in and like a little bit more, and that's it. Yeah, that that's something I think I, myself and others probably don't even think of. Like just all the all the little challenges, supply management being one of them for sure. Have you? Have you seen um, like Saxer Pillar, New Type, and No Monkey doing solo necks? Have you ever considered uh, going for a solo necks? Or what? What? What are your overall thoughts on that? I'm imagining you've seen it. I think solo necks is pretty similar to like solo Tov, where you just kind of have to like tick eat a lot and then just try to like time some other things with that. So I think that's something I might look into sometime. I was actually talking to Sax about that, and he might show me the ropes. So <laughs> excited to do that sometime. That looks brutal. It it looks exhausting. Like just, just having to. I, I think just the pathing under, like the constant, like just don't mess up, don't mess up here. Like just seems brutal. But that'd be cool. I'd be. I I'm pretty sure they're still the only three who have done it. Maybe some others have in the past couple of weeks that I just didn't see. But it's a pretty brutal challenge to go for. Okay. Um. Boonbape asks, what inspired you to go for Tob World Record? And can we, like, also, I want to get your uh, just overall thoughts on, like, just explaining what it takes to get a world record in Tob. How how much do you have to optimize? How much of it is RNG? How much of just all this is taken into account because i feel like a lot of people that don't speed run tob like myself don't understand how much you do have to like have things go right and play perfectly yeah so um what inspired me to go for the wreck was um honestly like i just love doing like duo theater of blood so much to where like i got to a point where i was just very confident with the content and like i could get like these really good times without like struggling too much like i was very consistent with it and eventually like when i got my like personal best to like within like 30 seconds of the the wreck i was like oh maybe i can do this like then i actually started trying to do it and resetting wasn't actually like that bad like i think trying to go for a theater of blood wreck can be kind of a struggle at times where there is like a lot of rng involved in like say like specs or just like even just like hit rng but i mean that's everything in the game but spec rng is like the like one of the biggest struggles where you just like don't hit a hammer and like the rim's over but other than that there is like a lot to optimize in the raid like that's one thing that kind of like kept me in it for so long is just like the skill ceiling for that raid is like through the roof like you just can't really reach it and there's always something to like improve in that i think like when you're trying to optimize for a world record you have to make sure that you play to the best of your ability while just like being able to like adapt to any like random like scenarios that happen so that way like you can just make like the overall run like a little bit more consistent because like there's already enough rng in the raid sometimes but if you can kind of like learn how to like play around like say like bad hits at like the nilo waves then you definitely get like a lot more runs in to just like chance that what was the hardest thing for uh 
what what is like the hardest thing to optimize and like going for the world record is there like I think the hardest thing to optimize is just making sure that you know how to play all those like different scenarios like learn how to like adapt to all these like situational aspects and just like coordinating that with your teammates as well like like I was saying earlier with my partner baller like we have a lot of like discussions about like what we do want to do especially like if something like changes and honestly like there's sometimes where we're not on the same page or like sometimes where like we just like don't agree but we do make like certain things work so that way like we can just uh see what we can do in a sense like try to like test our limits a bit yeah ha has the time been beat since then and you had to re-beat it or was it just one and done so boom we we actually did get the world record like back in i want to say june last summer and then that was tied with another world record like we're kind of like sharing the wreck in a sense but that time wasn't beat until like a new power curve came in which is like the desert treasure two rings and then after that we didn't get the wreck again until just recently like two i want to say three months ago and we've held it ever since but nowadays um I think, like, a few days ago, or, like, maybe just a bit longer than that, someone else tied a wreck, so I'm kind of sharing the wreck again, but um, I, I do kind of like how, like, the competitive, like, duo top scene is just, like, very active. Like, there's always, like, somebody kind of going for the wreck. That's cool. And, and I bet the I scythe... Wanna, like, keeps us going. The scythe buff might have had some well i think it just the scythe buff may maybe makes it a little bit more consistent barely anything because you still have to rely so heavily on rng yeah like it, it's mainly just spec rng like scythe rng is not as bad anymore especially with that scythe buff mm -hmm. so i mean if they ever did something to like help with specs that would help us significantly but i mean we all know kind of how to like play around that okay Let's see. Joe Watermelon asks. He has a few. He has a few questions. Um, what would you change about solo CMs if you could change anything? Solo CMs. Yeah, I haven't really done too many solo CMs since like the changes in late November. I think I did it for like a month after, but kind of quit again after. Um, so I just found like so certain rooms to be just like so unbelievably aged. They were just like the sole reason you'd reset runs because of like how big of the variance they'd have from just pure hit RNG. Like I know like everything in the game has like RNG depending on like how you hit and stuff, but rooms like Ice Demon and Guardians are just like the worst because it feels like you just never hit in that room. Like there's like the slight chance you might just like nuke it within like maybe like five ten seconds but like well for like ice demon but um yeah i don't know it just feels like those rooms are just so inconsistent to ever like get good times that they're like the sole reason that you just leave the run like i would think maybe for solo cm if they just like reduce like ice demons like magic defense like a little bit more because that thing's supposed to be weak to fire but you're still not hitting like ever and then yeah. guardians Guardians is always like two minutes to two thirty, which is like really bad because like average should be like sub two, I think like one fifty. So like, I, I like I like never see anybody get good times there except for like Gino Monkey who just has R strength gets like one thirty every time. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's not anything you can do in that room. You're just hitting it with a pickaxe over and over. 
Like, I wish there was some way you could, like, speed up the room a bit more or just, like, I don't know, make it, like, a little bit more consistent with, like, hits because uh, you're just, like, always hitting nothing in those two rooms. And then, like, other than that, it's, like, Mutadile, there's, like, a huge problem with just, like, ZGS RNG. Like, I mean, I, I would say it's a problem because, like, you're relying on a ZGS spec to freeze Mutadile at the end of the raid. So that way you can just kill it before it reaches the tree instead of actually chopping it. It's such a massive time save that like you have to do it if you want to speed run. And I don't know, like I think if they made like chopping the tree like a little bit more consistent, because it's kind of like huge RNG for that, then that might take away a little bit from like having the ZGS or just like maybe make the ZGS spec a little bit more like accurate. But that yeah. would be nice. I would love that. You kind of like. You kind of like lose the raid at the end of the raid quite often because of that. And then also it's just, you have spec RNG at the end of the raid too. Like that doesn't happen for, I mean, Tav, you, you have spec RNG like close to the end of the raid. It's like, so did Seg, Zarpus, which is like the second to last, third to last room. But like, Ulm is literally the last room and you miss a hammer there, it's lost. <laughs> so bad. Uh, that's why we need that full, you know what? Full ain't guarantee a hammer and then full ain't guarantee a ZGS. Why not? You know, it, wait, Inquisitors is actually Zamorakian, right? Fucking makes sense. Doesn't it? Or wait, is it Zamorakian? It is, right? It's Inquisitors. Yeah, it's Zamorakian. Just allow it. Just allow it at this point. Just bring in a full, <laughs> full ink switch and guarantee stuff. Now, I, would it would be, be interesting to see. I mean, at least in solo CMs, that would be a, that would just change so many things about it interesting um okay i realized his other topics are something we've kind of already touched on but uh if you have anything else to add uh he asks how is your balance between streaming and irl streaming and irl i i think i have a very good balance with my life and uh streaming in general like it's like i was mentioning earlier with um like just uh like having a good job that i can manage my time with and then just like being able to like do other things as well like i can like go to the gym go to work and then like sleep and then wake up and stream and that's kind of like just all i do is just make sure that i just manage my time enough to where i can like do whatever i want and i think a big part of like what helps with that is that honestly i just don't really stress about anything like i have a really like open mind and like good perspective on life and that helps a lot with just like not having to like deal with like any like negative side effects or like consequences that would happen. It's just smooth. Like I really like that. Everything's just kind of the way I want it to be. Is that something you had to develop or are you kind of naturally just chill? Mm, I don't know. I think that's just kind of how I am. Okay. I just like don't really like get worked up over many things. That's I think uh, it's just blessing. keeping an open mind. Like that's just the big thing is just accepting things the way they are, and then like, yeah, just like working well around that. Very nice. Okay, he wants to know want a duo tob. I would love to. I so I I love duo tobbing with everybody, but there's just like so many people to duo tob with. Like it's kind of hard to get everybody. So like, <laughs> I don't really um. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just imagining you probably got people you don't want to actually do on top with, but you're just you're just too you're you're too nice of a guy to just be like, nah. 
I just don't want to be like, yeah, let's do it, Tom. But just like come back to it like maybe two months later. Like I don't want to leave yeah. people on read pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would love to do it, Tom, with everybody, but there's just not enough time sometimes. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Uh, his final question is: Did you also have "Crank That" by Soldier Boy play at your middle slash high school dances? Your throwback music makes me think you did. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I actually play a lot of like throwback music on my streams because I mean that's just the kind of music that I do like. Like I'll play that or like house and like EDM, and yeah, I mean that's like all like good music that I did listen to back then, especially in school. It's like yeah, crank that and like down by Jay Sean, stuff like that. Yep, yep. The dances, especially, I remember that music. I feel like it's very popular within the community because, like, everybody just kind of gets, like, that big nostalgia factor oh, hit. And they're yeah. like, wow, I love that. I oh, love it, yeah. too. Um, all right. Schmacko asks, are there any aspects to your top gameplay that you're still working on at the moment? Things that you still think need improving? Also, who's your favorite duo teammate? Exotab. Thanks, Legend. <laughs> um, though... Aspects for like improvement, I feel like with Duo Top, I kind of have uh, most things down. Like, I, I feel like there's not really too much for me to try to improve at besides just like trying to like adapt to like new like metas that will occur in the future when like power curve or like new power curve or power creep comes in. Um, but other scales, I am kind of like learning a little bit still. Like, I don't, I don't really do too much outside of duos, but I do teams enough to like where i did like get like the oblivion diary times for those so i have like some experience but i haven't like mastered anything like the like new methods or like casting humidify stall for like bloat or like using that to like skip mazes for teams like i can do it in duos but i don't know how well that works with like other teammates multiple teammates okay and uh favorite duo partners Definitely my main duo partner, Baller. Like, I love that guy so much because we just get along with like everything and we make everything work. We have like perfect synergy. That's awesome. <clears throat> have either of you like ever had like a burnout sesh where like one of you just like doesn't want to play and the other does? And oh, you're just, like, God damn. That guy. That guy is always <laughs> burnt out. Like, I just want to <laughs> run all the time, and this uh, guy is like, I can't, dude. I'm exhausted. <laughs> damn see that's that's the one thing missing then you need to do a partner that has all the synergy he has but also has the same uh dedication mm -hmm. that's funny okay tina asks who are the top five tobbers for duos in your opinion Ooh. um <laughs> uh <laughs> and but let me uh -huh. just let me also just say what the uh the uh reply to that was process saying this will surely not stir anything within the duo top community oh god <laughs> um okay so top five duo toppers that come to my mind right away um not many people will probably know them but dookie for sure he's like an incredible topper that's just like really good at every scale um buddha who's always been like a long time duo topper and Pika, same thing. Just like good at everything. Mainly does duos as well. Other than those three, it's definitely gonna be my partner Baller and myself. 
not trying to sound like arrogant or anything, but I feel like we've just done like so much duo tub to where like we've kind of not necessarily like mastered the content, but we kind of know how to take the content to its highest level consistently. Yeah, I mean, you also have held the world record, so it makes perfect sense. Um, Other than those five, there's like some honorable mentions like Marsh, Piety, Shishlor, um, Giraffes, and uh, Parrot Champ. Like those guys are all like casual raiders, but yeah, like the first five I mentioned are like people who speed run the content. Where like those guys are just they just like doing the money raids. Let me actually ask. I'm curious. How how many tobs have you done total across um, the board? So overall, tob Casey kill count um i think i probably have like six thousand seven thousand and i want to say more than half of that are duos jesus wow so how much money have you made do you have any idea um i've made probably like if i had to guess maybe like 50 bill that's crazy and I'm imagining some of that money was probably when the scythe wasn't even as exact. How many scythes have you pulled, actually, in your name and then just seen, I guess? That's a good question. I think I have like 20, 30 in my log. That is nuts, dude. It's pretty lucky for my kill count, actually, because it's like one in... Actually, I don't even know the rate. Did you, um like sell them back because i know they were really cheap at one point i think when with top release they were pretty pretty damn cheap even earlier maybe um now they've i think they're like one bill now is that correct i'm an iron man i don't really look at prices often yeah they're one bill now okay i think they just hit one bill so did you used to just sell them immediately kind of or did you ever like hold um, on yeah waiting? it's always i just always sold them instantly because um I mean, Hub is always like team content, so you're always like splitting uh, that yeah, true, true. with everybody. So just want to like get that money out as soon as possible. Try not to hold on to it. Very cool. Okay. OPs asks if Tob had a quality of life update, what would you like to see changed? Quality of life update. I mean, probably just like um. I mean, one of the biggest issues I mentioned was uh, spec RNG, so, like, some kind of way to, like, help that, just be able to get, like, defense reduction out a bit, like, more consistently. And probably solo top, normally, like, the like the tick-eating thing. What, is that appropriate to be oh, changed, yeah. do you think? Definitely. That is, like, the worst part about solo top. Like, solo top in general is, like, good content. Like, I'm sure, like, so many solo speedrunners would come to top more if they could solo the content like without going through that and i don't know it's just like unnecessary at this point because like i know like top at the beginning wasn't supposed to be like intentional for like soloing but people have done it so much over the years and are speed running it nowadays to where like i feel like they should make some changes to make that more viable for like just like the whole player base in general like viable as in like not awful to do <laughs> but yeah, like, we have the one red crab in solo hard mode top already. Like, we should have it in solo regular. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. They said they wanted more traction for that. But there's, like, a whole bunch of people just putting out for that. Yeah, that would, I mean, 
yeah, that, I think that would be good to just streamline it, make it so it doesn't feel so odd to do. Like, because you're right, back in the day, it wasn't meant to be solo, but nowadays it's like, I mean, even with, we need to talk about this actually. What are your thoughts on Blood Fury? Because Blood Fury's definitely helped kind of make that content a little bit more mainstream. It feels like you don't have to like sweat as hard on supplies and other things. Like I feel like Blood Fury actually was kind of a benefit in some way, but it is a very broken item. What are your overall thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. It's a pretty broken item. Like it made <laughs> things a lot more easy, but like yeah. But they're also yeah, comfy I think at the same time. It's I, like it's hard to I don't know. Yeah. It's a good item. Like I think they could like tone down the healing a bit, like with some like numbers on like the percentages, but like otherwise I think it should be like there it's just too much like i feel like i just don't ever use food with the blood fury but like there should be times where like you do need to and it's just kind of there for like getting some like extra hp to like maybe take some more risks whenever like you're trying to go for like some speed running strats like taking more vengeance or like skipping the soda seg maze but it shouldn't be like your only source of like healing yeah it's it, it is a really game-changing item i mean originally when it came out it was one percent heals you just multiply it by six yeah here's six percent yeah i uh i don't know i um i know some people are kind of they're really against it travis 42 is the guy that comes to mind that's the most against blood fury i've kind of just accepted it at this point I think the biggest thing that you, I mean, you would you wouldn't have any idea how painful it is because you're a main and you get all the luxuries of Grand Exchange. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> trying to upkeep those things is the the worst content in this game. Just I actually do have a high level Iron Man I play on the side, so oh, I kind of really? understand. I do, yes. Oh, I didn't even know that you played on the side, so you don't really like stream or do you stream it? I never really stream my Iron Man because I just feel like. A lot of people who want to come watch me are like kind of there for like the duo top content. And honestly, when I'm playing my Iron Man, I'm not really doing anything exciting besides like maybe occasionally going for some like new PVM items. It's kind of like in that mid to late game stage where like I'm just entering the late game and I'm like trying to get like raids items and God Wars items, stuff like that. But yeah, I just feel like it's not as entertaining to like the people who do want to watch me yeah that's fair and they, yeah, but they... it's like super fun like i enjoy iron man because it opens up like so many more like new aspects to the game that i never really realized and it's just like a, a refreshing way to play the game differently yeah I, I love iron man as you probably know i'm addicted to it but you're, I mean, the, when I see the luxuries of being a main, I do get a little bit envious, but ultimately the, yeah. the, the pros of it don't outweigh the cons in my opinion, or it's not even like cons of being a main. It's just like, like you said, I mean, Iron Man, like there's so much fun to it because you are being self-sufficient. You, every unlock feels really rewarding. And on top of that, you just, you have to work for everything, which is so rewarding in a game like runescape that's all it's about it's just like all about the journey so i love it okay all right find my dog four asks which piece of content do you believe to have the highest skill ceiling in the game and as a follow-up to your answer do you think that piece of content will ever be 100 percent mastered 
Mm, I mean, general content is just definitely Inferno. Like, Tob is, like, way up there, but I think Tob's, like, just slightly behind Inferno. Inferno's just insane, where it's, like... I think the main thing is that it's solo content. Like, it's content you can't really rely on anybody else to kind of, like, pick up the slack. It's just, like, all right, all this is you. You have to know everything about the game to take it to its, like, highest potential. And even then, there's still, like, so much more you can do. Yeah, I would agree with that. Inferno's crazy. Definitely Inferno, then Tav, and then everything else is, like, below that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, you're uh, you're right. Um, you, we briefly mentioned, by the way... Oh, well, I guess I'll, the, like the follow-up question is, like, do you th ever think it'll be 100% mastered? I don't feel um, like anything can ever really be 100% mastered. There's just, like, always little things you can do. Yeah, I... I don't think so. Like, I think there's always, yeah, like, there's always going to be, like, new ways you can go about things. But, um, yeah, I was kind of talking to Scotty about that sometime, and he kind of just said, like, there's not really too much he can do at the moment, but, like, whenever there's, like, new, like, power creep or, like, anything new that comes into the game, uh, that definitely, like, changes a lot about the way you go about that content. It just opens up so much more. Like, I think the fact that, like, content like that can keep adapting and like growing whenever like something in the game changes makes it like just such good content yeah whereas like other content just like kind of dies out kind of like forget about it mm -hmm. it's crazy thinking like how good inferno content had to be i mean it is but it literally had to be this good in order for it to be just a repeatable thing that people are still doing even with no reward that's crazy Think of like yeah. if TOB had no reward. Like, bro, that'd be a. I mean, people would still do it because TOB is a really good content, so it's still up there with Inferno. But like, man, that would be be brutal. It's crazy. Just think. I mean, imagine if Inferno did have a reward. Like, imagine you actually did make like, you know, five, ten mil an hour doing Inferno. That'd be nuts. That would be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Holy. so many more people would actually do it, and yeah. It's by far, it would be like by far the most popular. Like right now, I don't even think it's the most popular, but it's definitely like the hardest content. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, so many people just get their cape and dip. They'll occasionally do a task here and there, like myself, just like, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. If I was getting hella loot from it, oh my God. Yeah. I would try to master it. I would be so much more incentivized. Well, especially as an Iron Man, I'd be so much more incentivized because you go in there as an Iron, and it's like, first off, are you going to spend your very valuable high-level dragon ammo and just drain all that and then not get any reward afterward? It's just kind of like, yeah, there's things to consider. But Okay, um, the ultimate thoughts on the, I, I'm trying to say his name, Vesadis and the main man, Tuki. Oh, um, yeah, so Vasitis, that guy is... Um... Uh, like a well-known like fives tob speedrunner i i think he's like i think he's like incredibly talented like a really good like high skilled top player but i i just like haven't really seen him like do anything else like i think he's really good but i would love to see him like do some duo top something or like something lower scale sometime um but yeah i just haven't really seen him too much recently i think he's chill but yeah um tukey i think tukey is like Definitely one of the most talented daubers in the community. Like, that guy just 
has like the biggest brain along with uh scowled as well like those guys just have a full understanding of like how to do everything how to innovate and utilize like all these like newer methods that everybody uses in everyday everyday tab like like for instance uh fully skipping the maze at sodatsag like it kind of came from them and like some others as well where you just like do some like stalls like stalling with like humidify or like stalling with like spellbook swap so that way you can like stack up the damage you take from crossing the maze and just like instantly get across without chancing oh, yourself yeah. at all it's like guaranteed yeah i've seen that that's crazy <laughs> um okay so wait i've i so i've seen a Vosita's stream before but who's tuki um, Tuki was a teammate of his who, like, did a lot of fives with him as well. Like, they're both, like, TOB speedrunners, or at least he was. I think Tuki's, like, kind of retired now, but he still does, like, duos. He does, like, duo speedrunning and, uh, like, casual, like, higher-skilled teams. But, yeah, he's just, uh, one of, like, the main innovators of Tob, and then he's just, like, an incredible, like, speedrunner as well. Okay. Okay, um... Let's see. Hanny asks, how long did it take for you to memorize Nilo waves when you first started? <laughs> um, Nilo waves. So honestly, memorizing the rotation that you're supposed to go for, like the optimal rotation you're supposed to go throughout like Nilo waves, like knowing what to hit every single time, that didn't take very long. That was very quick. But like learning how to like adapt to like all the situational aspects in like Nilo, that's like the hardest thing ever. And it's something that even I'm still like kinda learning a little bit more to this day. Like I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of Nilo, but there's still like certain instances where like, okay, maybe I can do this a little bit better because I shouldn't have hit this. I should have hit something else. Yeah. That's I mean I feel like with with the amount of KC you've done as well, the memorizing Nilos just kind of comes. It's not even like you have to try to memorize it. Um, but when, like, at what point, like, after Tob release, did people start really trying to master Nilo? Um, I'm not really too sure, to be honest, because I didn't really, like, do Tob at the very beginning. Like, oh, I yeah, did Tob maybe, like, 2019, like, late 2019 or, like, early 2020. But I want to say, like, probably, like, after that first year is when people, like, really started to optimize Nylos a bit more. Because I've seen, like, so many VODs from back then, like, 2019, 2020. Yeah, those were... Who who were like the greatest tobbers back then, like early release? Was there anybody, or was it just kind of like people just sending money tops and just making shit tons of money? Because dude, bro, if you had started earlier, like scythes back in the early days were like three, four bill for the first few months. <laughs> like holy fuck, could have made so much money. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, honestly, I don't really, I can't really say like who like the best were kind of like back then like i feel like everybody was kind of learning at that point mm. do you remember letu lanon yes actually he um i think he took learners for tom yeah and he would just troll around <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was pretty cool yeah and I, I miss his streams and just pop in there and have a good time um yeah i really enjoyed watching like people like teaching tom 
back then back in the day and even people like doing it nowadays because it just helps so many people like get into the content that is not like the most accessible for like the majority of the community like i think Terran's stream is like super good because like he just like he's willing to take anybody and like he doesn't really have like too many issues like yeah yeah, no, real talk. Shout out to anybody that's willing to be a teacher in any form of content, top especially, because it is so inaccessible. Like, I would hate to do that. <laughs> I would absolutely hate to be a teacher, to trying to teach people how to do stuff. Like, it's just not who I am as, like, a, just, I can't do that. I would get so irritated. Like, I could do it for a few, maybe, but, like, to dedicate myself to teaching people, like, Jesus Christ. Um, so, shout out to anybody that's, like, a mentor or any people that just willingly give up their time to teach people the ropes like show them the ropes that's impressive yeah i i enjoy like teaching people every now and then but i i can't do it like all the time because there's just like so many like awkward situations that occur with learners i know like some people kind of find it fun but i don't know yeah uh, it's like occasional like occasional fun bringing on some learners that's fine but to make yourself a teacher is crazy so shout out to all those that are just willing to help dude same you know what i'm gonna give a shout out to mulgo kirby as well like he his whole content is like i love kirby that guy is such a blessing to the community like he just dude takes so many learners for like say like eight man toa and he's just always like creating guide for everybody like that's his main content right now i know that's that's nuts he makes he he goes to the extreme with simulations, figuring out these things for guides for people that have truly helped out so many people. And then on top of that, yeah, bringing random people to eight mans to try to get that CA task done. That's incredible. Like that shit sounds so horrible, so horrible to do repeatedly. And he just was sending it. It's like, anybody's welcome. Like fucking a man, you're crazy. Yeah. That's one of the hardest tasks to do nowadays. Like besides the awakened bosses, it's just, Trying to get uh, like eight people on the same page. That's just so much. Crazy. By the way, actually, did I just see? I feel like somebody in my clan just. Oh yeah, awakeners orbs. How? So awakeners orbs are actually cheaper. They're only one point three mil. It looks like. I thought they would have like really went up with the new CAs, but I guess most people that were GM that would need to go for that task already got blood torva probably. I just yeah. So the yeah. way I kind of saw it was like, there's so many orbs coming into the game now because like everybody's doing the new Desert Treasure Two oh, combat true. achievements, but like, um, there's not really as many people like using them as like, like say release because um on release um, like we we didn't know how to do the bosses at all. Like we we're just <laughs> trying to set it in and trying to figure everything out. So it took us like hundreds of orbs to get everything down, but. I feel like everybody who does like Blood Torva nowadays, like it's just so much easier because of like quality of life changes they made. Like pretty much with like Vard, you can like see the projectiles like different colors and they're like different shapes. Whereas like on release, I couldn't see anything, dude. Those blue orbs, <laughs> like they were both blue and they're barely like different shapes. They're both like orbs. Like they're not even like different shapes. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, one is bigger, one is smaller. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like, it doesn't take people very long to get Blood Torva nowadays. Like, everybody will probably get it in, like, sub-50, sub-100 orbs. It took me, like, just under a couple hundred. 
Yeah, back in the early days, that would have been a lot more brutal. I mean, yeah, like you said, though, there's guides of everything, too, just mapping out every single thing that's going to happen. You still have to execute, for sure. But if you're really trying to do it in as few orbs as possible, you study those guides, you do enough normal boss. That's the other cool thing about Awakened, is if, like, if, if you do enough of the normal variants, you actually do start getting some good muscle memory down. Kexi asks if Flash could only use one Twitch emote for the rest of his life, what would it be? <laughs> um I I guess like the I mean if we're if we can include my own emote, I would put like the finish one sparkly flash, which is like a sparkly Pika, but like it's just red. <laughs> so, but um other than that, I don't know, like oh well glad people shot i just love like the cute emotes because like yeah. i feel like those kind of emotes just like bring like so much positivity into a stream when like you come in and honestly like yeah i just like making people happy when i try to like enter a chat just like try to make their day a bit more yeah you're totally right the cute emotes are the fucking best man they're just like any of like the you know like people cute like that little guy that's just like that mouth open and just like look has like big eyes, like that guy. <laughs> yeah. That that guy's like one of the best emotes of all time. It's just like you just see that and you're just like you're just happy. It's like like sad cat eyes, just so big and yeah. Fuck, you're right though. Amen. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy that just like puts out emotes all the time because I don't know. I just feel like it just like shows that hey, I'm like happy to see you. Yeah, I no. love you, stream. I love yeah. you same dude i'm an emote user like i will literally be in a stream and i'll like the first like five emotes or the first five messages i type will just be emotes sometimes i'm like maybe i should like chill like maybe i should like actually say some words but it's just <laughs> i just i'm like always scrolling through the emote list i'm just like seeing what emote looks fun to use in, in the moment i'll just type it okay um Okay, well, we'll talk about this one. But Rafa D asks, moving from one famously toxic game to another, which one's worse? Any related stories? League of Legends, for sure. <laughs> just because, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that that game overall is just, like, so incredibly toxic for, like, everything. But, I mean, there's, there's like, some parts that are fun where, like, you can play casually with friends or, like, just, like, getting that thrill of, like, getting, like, rewarded for winning like a really like tough game but yeah overall that game sucks <laughs> <laughs> I, I love runescape because runescape just has so much variety and like what you can do yeah. so like it's not really toxic because i mean if you if you're like struggling or like you're tired of like one piece of content there's always like something else you could do and then honestly like the community is just like so nice like everybody in the community is just so like friendly and welcoming i mean you're always gonna get like some people that are just gonna like shit talk you or like be mean to you but like that's just how life is like yeah, yeah. now you just gotta like put yourself in like the good part of the community or like people you want to be around and then yeah like you'll have a good time yeah totally now the runescape community i mean yeah like obviously there's toxicity in all communities but i will say like bro over the past like decade of this game being out like we've all first of all the community's matured so we're all like pretty much entering our 30s i don't know how old you are i am 25 okay i'm 28 but we're all getting you're young damn yeah bless <laughs> yeah. you're lucky man <laughs> no but like we're all getting older we're all late 20s almost and early 30s and so like the toxicity part i feel like as well like league of legends especially when you played i mean you were probably dealing with a bunch of teenagers 
Like, yeah, and I mean, I was a teenager too. Yeah. Like, I was part of the problem, but like, yeah, that that game is just like it's just full of like people who are probably like mid-teens to like early adults. Yeah. Whereas like RuneScape <laughs> is just like adults. Yeah. We're literally all adults, especially now, like nowadays. Because if we were comparing League to like OSRS back, you know, in 2015 or something, that's it is a different story, but. I feel like just with maturity. I mean, that's all, honestly another really nice thing about this game. I know it's it's like kind of selfish, but I'm like low key kind of glad that the player base kind of ages with the game. Like we're we're all like just kind of moving to a more just we 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 just don't have the time to just be toxic to each other. We just I, I don't know. That's at least how it feels. Again, it depends on the communities you're hanging out with, but you're totally right. This community is way better. Um, yeah everybody's so opening and welcoming like i so like i i wasn't actually expecting to get twitch partner so like the reason why i got twitch partner was just because everybody was just so like supportive like it, a big part of it was just people like constantly like rating me always staying in my streams and i'm just like wow i've never <laughs> experienced this much support before it's so nice like everybody's just so awesome yeah it's really nice um Okay, Sani asks, in your opinion, what makes Tob the best raid in the game? What do you think Jagex should take away from Tob and Toa when they make the fourth raid? Um, ooh, that's kind of... Mm, okay, so... Mm, actually, I have to kind of think about that. But uh, I guess, like, what makes Tob the best raid in the game is that it's just, like... The the skill ceiling is just so high, so like it's it's like the hugest challenge out of like all the raids. That's kind of why even it even keeps like the the high level community like coming back is just like there's always like something you can always improve at. And I think that's the biggest reason why it's like, I I want to say it's the best raid in the game. And then what I think like Jagex should take away from that and like TOA is just like, I mean, so. One issue with TOA that I felt was like the accessibility. Like, I I I don't want to like sound arrogant, but I feel like the raid just shouldn't be accessible to like the whole player base. Like, I feel like it's just an end game thing. Like, it's a raid. Like, only end game players should really be able to like touch that raid. Like, maybe have it have like as much accessibility as like maybe chambers, where you actually need like decent gear, decent stats, and then. Uh, just like have like that challenge aspect for it, like have like that huge skill ceiling where like the, there's so much depth to the room to where like there's always something new that you can kind of go at it. Yeah, no, I buy, and I also agree with you on raids or like Toa is. Don't get me wrong. I think nowadays, I think uh, the overall accessibility and overall how they did raids three is actually a net positive, like big time when it comes to people getting involved in higher level PVM and just getting people more accessible. But I'm totally in agreement with you on like raids are supposed to be end game. They're supposed to be exclusive. And I know that sounds like almost elitist or something, but like, like we have to have content that is like for the end game of end game. Like that's kind of like the, the way the game progresses in, in regards to PVM. So 
I feel like in the future, this is my own opinion, of course, but I feel like the future of raids as in like end level, like we could have mid-level raids and stuff. Like that's totally cool. Invocation systems for that, trying to improve. But there should be end game stuff that comes out that really pushes the limits. And in my opinion, I feel like it's nice when there is just one set difficulty and then maybe a challenge mode. So yeah, you go definitely. in there and like it's just fucking brutal. And like top release, I mean, I know... As a business, obviously TOA was much more successful as like when you just look at the money probably brought in and just people interacting with the content. But man, as a player's perspective, I wasn't even doing Tob on release of Tob. Like I was too scared of it. I didn't even start doing Tob till like basically like a year after. And or maybe like seven months after or so. But like holy shit, it was so exciting. Just knowing, like, this is, like, that end game piece of content that I'm going to be doing one day when I get good enough and have better gear and stuff. Like, I don't know. So I, I would really hope that in the future, Raids 4 and Raids 5, they really try to push the limits and make a set difficulty rather than it just being, like, step by step by step. You can make this you can make this raid a little baby raid or you can make it easy. I feel like it's just weird for an end game piece of content to be like that. So yeah definitely like it was just like my main motivator for like progressing my account and just like trying to get further in the games like it's like i wanted to do that raid like uh -huh. i think that helps a lot for or that would help a lot for like early to mid game players like i mean it's cool to have accessibility for everybody like get everybody involved but i don't think that should be like a raid thing like i think if you want like other like mid game content for people yeah just not be a raid it could be like something else like it doesn't really matter but yeah i feel like raid should just be late game where you have to get to a certain point to be able to just like get in there but maybe in like not too like inaccessible to where like you need like a good team as well to like get in like maybe uh one thing i did kind of like about toa was like you could like solo or like do like pretty much any scale but yeah yeah maybe like have it like be a little bit more rewarding to do in like other like guilds as well because i feel like doing solo toa and team toa there's not really like a difference it's like just kind of like who you want to go with or if you want to just do the content like it's not like you get better money per hour by like doing teams yeah in fact i think solos are actually more money i'm not sure solos are i mean the thing the greatest benefit of solos like in my opinion they're more exhausting and they're just not as fun it's actually with toa specifically it actually is more fun bringing people along um but you just also have to don't have to deal with anybody like you don't have to deal with somebody like oh we got to take a five minute break ten minute break or you know whatever like oh i got some it's like you're, you just run it as much as you can as fast as you can if you want it just is an increase in gp per hour just instantly so that's always mm -hmm. going to be the upside of going in alone I just think, and I'm, I would love kind of mid to high level, like if, if Toa had come out like it is, and it was meant as like a intermediate to high level sort of raid, like kind of like that in between of like teaching people, um, but it wasn't giving the absolute best in slots. I think that's really kind of where it comes down to. Cause like if, if raids four came out and it's giving brand new, like, I don't know, Melee? I, I don't know what it would come out with. I'm just imagining. I doubt it was going to be Melee Armor because there's already Torva, and that's pretty recent. But, like, just imagine it did come out with brand new Melee Armor that's better than Torva, and there's an invocation system. So you could actually just go in there as, like, a level 80 combat account and just 
start pulling some stuff that's supposed to be best in slot. It's like, it just doesn't feel right game progression wise. It's the same thing with, yeah. I mean, just going into TOA as a level 70 account right now, you could just pull a fang and like, boom, you've just literally passed. Like, this is the weapon you're, you're going to use for the rest of your account, basically. Like if you're like an Iron Man, you know? And it's just I like hated you've, that. Yeah. you've like eliminated the progression. Now, obviously, they've made a change to the Fang, so it's not good everywhere, but it's still a fucking really good weapon at a lot of places. And when you make it so it's really, really, really accessible and you have best and slot items coming out of it, it's like, uh, I don't know if this is the way to go. Maybe we maybe there should be some gatekeeping just so that the best and slots aren't being like so that there is a sense of progression. I think that's the important part. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, like, what would you want to even see as a mega rare from Raids 4? Have you ever thought about that? Um, so we already have, like, a mega rare for each combat style. I feel like a mega rare that, like, provided, like, some kind of, like, huge utility use would be kind of cool. Like, not just, like, a main DPS weapon, but something that just, like, is just so strong for, like, everything. But, like, not... It not not like by itself. It's just like a like a boost in a sense, I guess. Mm. I was thinking like I've always I don't know. I always think about like new ideas for items. I was like, it would be kind of cool to have like maybe a new shield or something, or maybe like a new spec weapon, specifically like spec weapon, like as a mega rare. Like I don't I don't know because like you said, like we already do have all three styles. Um, they also, I, I actually think it could be pretend, potentially appropriate for them to come out with new amulets or like new, like jewelry in general, just yeah. because the last one were just demonic gorillas, which is like eight years ago. And by the time the, the new raid comes out, it'll probably be like nine years. So we'll see. I also, I mean, this is my own thoughts. I think, I think potentially as a mega rare, they could come out with an additional ring slot. That that alone would be like the craziest unlock. That's like a prayer scroll on steroids. But the 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 caveat, I guess, would be like you can only have one of each ring. So most of the time, you'd probably just have a light bear and something else. But I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting to see that. You know what I was also thinking? So you know, on the other side of your gear tab, there's the gloves. What if what if you could actually equip? both a bracelet and gloves Ooh, like as like that you know i was actually thinking of like something similar where like what if you could like equip like two rings mm -hmm. like i don't know like that that special thing you get from like raids four would be like okay you have unlocked like this extra slot somewhere yeah no totally i think i think i think a secondary like when I look at the gear tab, like I'm just staring at it right now. Like we we have a space. First of all, the double ring slot I think could be totally reasonable in the future if we're looking for something that's a little bit of power creep without introducing some item that's going to break the metal. Like literally just introducing a new ring slot as a one bill, like basically scroll you read that allows you to wear another ring for some odd reason. Like that would be such a valuable unlock to get just that alone and then on top of that seriously i really do think having a bracelet slot and a glove slot could open a window for a lot of different things one is 
You can now do Slayer with a Slaughter bracelet or an Expeditious bracelet and wear your Ferocious gloves, for example, or something like that. And it, it's not allowing you to wear two different gloves. You, you'd have to wear like a bracelet and a glove. And obviously there are some downsides with this. One of them is being the gear switches you're going to be doing. are going to become so extreme <laughs> where you're literally oh, like yeah, yeah. just, well, I don't know. It, de- it depends if, if they, this, this is one of the cool things I think is maybe if they went down this route, maybe bracelets don't have stats anymore entirely, but they're more like utility so they and they could offer more like they could go around and kind of like readjust how some bracelets work i mean even something i don't know like the, i'm obviously just like spitballing right now so i have no idea the potential downsides and consequences of doing things like this but it would be interesting to see a game where you do have multiple different slots for those items oh what if you could like dual wield like Bro. offensive weapons so like the field slot just turns into like another like sword or something dude if if, if i could like fully the, the problem is we just have this game that's built on so many different layers so like changing things fundamentally is just such a headache entirely it makes things feel unfamiliar who knows what the, what that means for the rest of the balance of the game but real talk dude if we could like go back in time and rewind how armor works, for example, and rework how defense and agility works. Like, imagine if agility, the agility skill was your potential to dodge attacks, and your defense was actually damage negation. And imagine armor is always about damage negation, and weapons are all about strength. So you would actually, like, it's almost like Elden Ring. Like, you go in, and, like, your weapons are what's dealing the damage, not your armor. So, like, you could actually like one of the one of the cool things about like if they had gone down this route is like the challenges would literally be you going into places butt naked with a sword, you know what I mean, and still <laughs> doing massive DPS because the sword's what's doing the DPS, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. not having strength attached to every single piece of gear. Which we play this game and this is how it is, so I just accept it and it's it's totally fine. It's kind of interesting and charming, but when I think of how the game could have been, it would be cool if gear actually meant defense <laughs> rather than let me equip this like fucking 50 pound chest plate and now all of a sudden i'm stronger like how the hell is that making you stronger like you, you <laughs> gotta be so like slowed down heavily but whatever. yeah i get that like yeah like how is ink supposed to like make you hit better like, I don't get <laughs> yeah. <it>. Armor. <laughs> yeah it makes no sense but it's just old school so i just accept it but if we could fully rebalance oh my god i would go ham on like making things actually feel like thematic and making it feel like actually like this is how it's supposed to be. But again, the game would be completely unfamiliar at that point. It, nobody would play it. <laughs> yeah. Too much. Fair. I mean, I'm kind of excited about the potential elemental weaknesses that they're, that they've been talking about with project rebalance, having things have elemental weaknesses, even things having potentially that I don't, I don't know if this is fully confirmed, but like uh, three different range styles as well. So like heavy, light, and standard range attacks. That kind of excites me because it does diversify the meta. However, the downside is things not feeling right or metas being changed across the board and that being kind of a headache to deal with and rediscovering what what things you're supposed to bring. But I think there is some really cool stuff that could come out with a system like that. 
I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, like the first thought that came to mind for me was just like, man, this is that would just be so complex to like work with, but it definitely adds like a lot more like depth to like everything as well. Like you'd kind of have to like plan out, okay, I want to use like this certain style or this element or whatever to like fully fully like abuse like the weakness on this certain like boss or something, but yeah. That does sound like a headache. It's like what is <laughs> yeah. this Pokémon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> But do you have any thoughts on sailing, by the way? Are you excited? Or are you kind of indifferent? Sailing? I am indifferent. Like, I mean, I don't really care if, like, there's, like, a new skill that comes into the game, as long as it just doesn't break the game. Like, uh, I feel like there are, like, there was, like, a lot of downsides for it initially. But, like, I think the way they're kind of, like, reworking it now just seems... I mean, it's fine. Like, it's just kind of there. But... Yeah, I haven't really, like, put too much thought into it. I'm just like, okay, as long as, like, this doesn't really, like, affect the way you do certain things throughout, like, the entirety of the game, yeah, then it's fine. Yep. And I think that is their... I think the team's aware enough to realize uh, what the players want, and I'm really hoping that, for the most part, things aren't... Like, I'm excited for the potential of maybe new bosses that come out with sailing but luckily i mean that that was my fear with shamanism is what you're saying it's like i feel like shamanism even though a lot of pvmers were kind of on board with that that would have been the really meta breaking stuff where you feel forced to do a bunch of shamanism shit just to go pvm again yeah Um, like it'd just be like summoning for like rs2 you just have to like really it's it's like it would be like essential at that point like if you don't have it you're already like at a huge disadvantage yeah you're just trolling like oh you don't have 99 shamanism all right you're not on the team motherfucker (laughs) yeah so i think sailing is not going to affect many things in regards to pvm but it, it, it may introduce new areas with new bosses potentially if you have to sail to it which would be kind of cool we'll see though we'll see Okay, um, last kind of topic I'm seeing here that's somewhat relevant is Adam asking, is the one mil channel points for a league stream still valid? I'm saving up. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's valid. <laughs> I just put it there because, I, I mean, I'm kind of hoping nobody reaches that one day because <laughs> I don't want to go back to league, man. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind it. going like, to take hold of you again. No, I'm kidding. If people want to see me to do League, like, I'll play it. It's just, like, League is just, kind of just turns you into a different person. I mean, if I play casually, <laughs> it'd be fine. But if I'm playing ranked, you bet your ass I'm flaming the next guy that's coming at me. That's funny. Okay. Um, Flash, I uh, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, before I ask you for three shout-outs, I just want to tell those for... Uh, the the people still listening down in the description i'll have flash's links down there his twitch and his twitter do you have a youtube by the way i do but i haven't really like posted too much there the only thing i posted there is like our world record vods but okay do you want me to have that linked uh anyway just in case yeah sure thank you i appreciate that yeah, so guys, down in the description, go follow him on his links. Uh, also, if you guys want to support the cast, there's a Patreon and a YouTube membership link where you can get your name on the title screen and directly support the Sebe cast. And uh, I guess to finish off, Flash, I'm going to ask you for three shout-outs from the community. Uh, yeah, three shout-outs. Okay, um, 
Uh, first, I just want to thank my close friends, Dr. Swag and Fainted, for being such good close friends with me since the very beginning when I first started playing RuneScape. We've pretty much done everything together at some point, and we're still good friends to this day, so I'm very happy about that. Um, I also want to thank Pika, Sheesh, Lore, Buddha, and just everybody else in like the high-level community, including like all the other duo tobbers, Oblivion as well, for just having my back and being there for me whenever I need them. And uh, lastly, I, I want to thank the rest of my friends and all my viewers for just always showing me so much love and support and just being a wonderful community to be around as a whole. Everyone's just always been so like welcoming and supportive since I started, and this community has just become one of the best places I've ever been able to call home. So like, thank you again to everyone. I'm sorry if I've missed any other names, and I, I just appreciate each and every one of you guys. Very, very wholesome. Okay, Flash, thank you very much for your time tonight. I uh, really enjoyed just sitting down and talking. This was really nice, so thank you very much. Thank you guys for all listening, as always, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.